Good morning. Parents of kids with allergies move to Loudoun County so that their kids can go to Loudoun County schools. The school system has a book on supporting students with allergies that has been held up as a national example. And now the school system's looking at adopting a new handbook, a third the size of the old one. For Friday, October 20th, it's your Loudoun Now Morning Minute. The Humane Society of Loudoun County invite you to their Tales and Ales Fall Fundraiser this Sunday, October 22nd from noon to 4 at Black Walnut Brewery in Leesburg. Come enjoy an afternoon of music, food, games, prizes, and fun, and leashed pets are of course welcome. Tickets are $20 for adults, $10 for people 10 and up, and $50 for a family, and include a Tales and Ales mug, a chance at the hourly door prize, and specials from Black Walnut. Proceeds benefit the Humane Society of Loudoun County, serving Loudoun for more than 50 years. That's the Tales and Ales Fall Fundraiser this Sunday at Black Walnut. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rince Green. The procedural guidelines for helping students with allergies at Loudoun County Public Schools was adopted back in 2009. It's been held up as a national example for how to keep students with severe allergies safe while also giving them equal access to education. But now the school system's adopting a new handbook, a third the size of the first one, and with fewer specific directions. That has parents worried that it's the start of the schools doing less to keep their children safe. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reports that the prevalence of food allergy in children increased by 50 percent between 1997 and 2011. Roughly 1 in 13 children in the U.S. have food allergies. In Loudoun, 10.8 percent of the county's public school students have food allergies, amounting to 8,880 students. 3.4 percent of them, or 2,776 students, have severe enough allergies that they carry EpiPens. Thanita Glancy, chairwoman of the Loudoun Allergy Network, said when the current book came out, it was one of the best the nation had ever seen. It dealt with things most guidelines don't, like the emotional impact allergies can have on the student. She said in the new book, a lot of the language about equal access to education and inclusive practices is being reduced or removed. Parents try to teach their kids how to manage their food allergy, but it can be tough for kids who are excluded from the things that their classmates get to do because of their allergy. Then there's Nicole Cohen, whose family moved to Loudoun in 2011 because of the school system's airtight food allergy guidelines. She says the old guidelines, the current guidelines I should say, had more language that put the responsibility on school staff. The new one, she says, is too vague. For example, the new one says teachers should communicate with parents about things that could put their children with food allergies at risk. Should, Mrs. Cohen pointed out, is just a suggestion. School leaders say they want parents' feedback on the new guideline. Clark Bowers, the director of student services, said the goal is to make the new handbook more streamlined. It was condensed from 65 pages to 25 pages. He said when you have a student in crisis, you don't need 65 pages. The schools also want to create a more preventative approach and what they're calling an allergy-aware culture. Health specialists and nurses now train teachers with PowerPoint presentations and hands-on demonstrations to recognize the signs of a person experiencing anaphylaxis and how to use an epinephrine auto-injector, or EpiPen. 
and Mr. Bowers said school staff from the principals on down are still asked to do everything they can to make sure students have a safe and comfortable learning environment. The new handbook says that caring for students with food allergies is a shared responsibility. Well, if you want to have a look at this handbook for yourself, we've got a link to it and the full story over at loudonnow.com slash morningminute. In other news, the Metropolitan Washington Airport's authority will conduct a new study of noise around Dulles Airport. This is a bigger deal than it probably sounds. Some background. The county prohibits residential construction in areas around the airport with lots of jet noise. The map they use to determine where building homes is restricted is based on a noise study from 1993. A lot of this is also near Loudoun's future metro stops, where the county is expecting to see big urban developments. So obviously there's a lot of money on the line, and of course... Uh, we're trying to pay for Metro with taxes from that area. Anyway, county planners and airport officials hold that allowing homes near the airport is bad for both residents and the airport, which is a major economic engine for us. Jet noise is a nuisance to residents, and complaints to the FAA about jet noise could result in restrictions on flight paths and hours of operation, which limits the airport's business and competitiveness. Uh, the airport's authority points to the history of their other airport, Reagan National, which is restricted to certain flight paths to limit the noise in surrounding neighborhoods. For that reason, working drafts of the county's plans around its future metro stops limit residential development around the future Loudoun Gateway Station, which is north end of airport property. That leaves only one other metro stop with a bunch of residential around it, uh, the Ashburn Station. But developers and some supervisors have argued that the noise maps are out of date and are based in part on a prediction that one runway would be in a different place than it was eventually built. And in June, the county board of supervisors called for a new noise study. The airport's authority says the new study was prompted by several factors. Spokesman Rob Yingling said it comes in part because the airport could soon see aircraft landing and taking off from all three north-south runways simultaneously. Uh, you'd see three planes uh, landing basically in parallel. They're also working toward having more cargo planes, larger aircraft, and planes taking off and landing overnight. He said the study would involve input from the FAA, the airlines, and Loudoun and Fairfax counties. The airport's authority will pay for the study. Although the study's details have not yet been hammered out, he said the work will probably take a year or longer and could begin as soon as sometime in 2018. The Loudoun County Sheriff's Office is looking for witnesses in a fatal crash that happened yesterday morning in Sterling. Deputies responded to the area of Pebble Run Place and Overland Drive west of Dulles Airport shortly before 6 a.m. and found a Jeep Wrangler that had rolled several times. The driver died at the scene. Investigators are trying to determine why the driver lost control of the vehicle. A witness reported seeing the driver of the Jeep and the driver of another vehicle, possibly a dark-colored two-door Honda or Toyota sedan, speeding in the area just prior to the crash. The driver of that vehicle left the area. Investigators say the two vehicles may have been speeding and driving recklessly on Route 50, Loudoun County Parkway, and Old Ox Road prior to the crash. This is the 18th highway fatality in Loudoun County this year and the second this week. Broad Run High School held its inaugural Athletic Hall of Fame induction on Friday, honoring 16 students and coaches and one business for the mark they left on the school's athletic program. 
Bride Run High School opened in 1969 as Loudoun County's third high school, and for many of its 48 years, it has been considered an athletic powerhouse. School leaders, parents, and alumni saw the Hall of Fame as a chance to celebrate the student-athletes, coaches, and supporters who have made it that way. A few of the inaugural inductees to the Hall of Fame, Bernie Minipas, class of 1974, is a three-sport letterman who was drafted by the Baltimore Orioles the year he graduated. Steve Dye, class of 1975, was a member of the school's first state champion team, the 1973 cross-country team. Teddy Lewis, 1981, was the first basketball player to score more than 1,000 points. He was captain of the team for two years, named All-District in football twice and three times in basketball. Ronnie Piles was Broad Run's first head football coach, a post he took after teaching and coaching at Loudoun County High School. And Karen Baker was the county's first female athletic director. Before that, she was Broad Run's first coach of the girls' softball team and later its girls' basketball coach. As I said, there are 16 inductees in total. Check out the full list of Hall of Famers and get the full story on all these stories over at loudonnow.com. On today's calendar, more than I can begin to cover in a podcast that I would like to end in time for you to actually go to any of these things. But real quick, String Theory is playing live jazz at Blend Coffee Bar in Ashburn at 5.30 p.m. for Food Truck Friday. The Loudon Museum presents Leesburg Hauntings. Now in its 26th year, you can take a 90-minute guided walking tour through various homes and businesses in Leesburg to hear the ghost stories. It's from 6 to 9. Shocktober is on at Paxton Campus from 7 to 10 p.m. Go see their incredible haunted house. Main Street Theaters Productions is putting on Rogers and Hammerstein's Oklahoma at the Franklin Park Arts Center at 7.30 p.m. And Living Color is playing Tally Ho tonight at 7 p.m. Get the details and tickets for these events and check out the rest of the events calendar at getoutloudon.com. And if you like the Morning Minute, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and it'll be waiting for you there every morning. Okay, have a great weekend and have a great day. <laughs>